The United States of America is the most successful nation the world has ever known. I think that's largely because we're the freest nation. Humans cannot reach their potential, cannot realize their dreams unless they're free. If prosperity were easy, everybody around the world would be prosperous. If freedom were easy, everybody around the world would be free. If security were easy, everybody around the world would be secure. They are not. None of this is going to be easy. But this is the United States of America. It takes an extraordinary effort. It takes extraordinary commitment. It takes extraordinary strength. The Valley Forge wasn't easy. Going to the moon wasn't easy. Settling the West wasn't easy. We are the American people. We have seen difficulties before and we always overcome them. This is about rolling up our sleeves. We might have some differences, but at Americans putting our head down and getting it done. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Oh, that was up and a down. Wayne's hitting puberty. Yeah. What is wrong with you, man? <laughs> welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Wayne Dupree, and we are live. It is Monday, September 11th, 2023. Let me introduce my co-host, the Godfather Conservative Radio, Mr. Hutch Bailey Jr. Hey, Wayne, I took care of that thing. Took care of that thing for you. Get the papers, get the papers. And also, let me introduce... Mr. Jason Robinson from Muslim Soda. Hey, hey, top of the morning, folks. Happy 9-11 to everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, just a few minutes, we're getting ready to bring on uh, a young uh, a young man. Uh, you remember you remember when he, when he was running, we had him on before he was uh, on before he got in. Sorry that it took so long to bring him back, but we finally got him back. Um, let me tell you something. If there's anybody that we've seen mature faster than anybody that we've ever seen before in Congress. It's got to be Byron Donalds. It's got to be. And I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that to pump his head up, and I'm not saying it to pump his fans' head up either. I mean... Well, it's obvious. It's clear. Yeah, when, yeah. when you see the, the, the used car sale, I have no offense to the rest of Congress, but when you <laughs> see the used car salesman out there and you see somebody that's genuine, it's apparent to people. Yeah, for too long, yeah. we've heard Republican yeah. talking points and just people getting up there saying, oh, we're going to defend, you know, the values and of the Constitution, and then they don't do anything. And Byron represents one of those rare, I mean, we have that hot new breed of guys like Matt Gates and Byron Donalds and Lauren Boebert and Luna that, that give us all hope. Yeah, um, and, 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 you know, I, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm glad, 
I'm glad you said the other names, but um, we, uh, you know, we watched we watched Donalds when he was with uh, President Trump down there in Florida too. There's an aura around him when he there's a there's a there's a thing that you authentic authenticity right, right that you have intelligent articulate authentic it. man right some people have it some people pretend to have it some people ain't got it when I say that he has it he has it I mean it's I mean it, and it emanates whenever he's on TV you can't I haven't seen uh I haven't seen a liberal network rattle him yet. yet, yet. Think, think of this. You know, sometimes it's nonverbal. And right. I go back to what you just said about the pizza shop in Florida. You yeah. know, when, yeah. when Byron yeah. was there with his son and the president was there passing pizza out and you could see Byron and his son were beaming. And I, I would imagine that the reason Byron was beaming was because his son was beaming. Right. You know, he's out there looking at the president. That was authentic to me. I've never seen any other politician uh, in that situation like that. Well, um, I'm not going to be the dead horse. We're going to bring, um, we're going to bring him to the stage right now because he is a very busy congressperson. Uh, yeah, we want to bring him to the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, the next president, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm reading off the wrong fan Piece of paper. Let me tear that up. Wait, hold on. Is it next speaker of the house? I got that. Is that what we landed on? I got that one too. I got that one too somewhere. Um, I because yeah, that the the votes look like he should be next speaker in a couple of weeks. Actually, okay. Here we go. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, (laughs) You guys are cracking me up. Well, actually, hold on. So first of all, you know, I'll tell you. you guys are really getting me more in trouble than anything else. Uh, not so, but I mean, look, I, I, I think what most people don't know about politics is that, you know, Republicans and Democrats, you know, we'll, you know, we, we battle it out on TV or in the halls of Congress or whatever. But, you know, the most real, like disgusting political battles are inter-party battles where you have right. Republicans or like kneecapping Republicans you know, for the Democrats, I always call it dem on dem crime. It's an interesting thing to watch it happen in real time when it does happen. Uh, so, I mean, look, I appreciate the accolades and stuff like that. I really do. Uh, but it's an interesting business, man. And so, you know, I, I'm just trying to just do my job, make sure we do the right thing, uh, save the country and really just explain what's really happening uh, to people who don't really follow politics. It's not their thing, but trying to help them understand what's really at stake. Representative, but the, I, I, the thing oh, about sorry, it, and I think, oh, no, the thing about it, um, and I think many will uh, jump on board with what I'm saying is, is that you don't seem unwavered or you don't seem wishy-washy. I mean, look, we want people that are elected, that we elect to get in there and you stand on your principles. And you not not back down right. from your principle, not turn around, not 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 sugarcoat anything. And you have, I mean, may you know there may be somebody, but you since we have watched you from the time that you went in to where you are now, we haven't seen you back down ever from your principles, okay, right. from your conservative principles. And if if there were building blocks, and I, you know what. I, 
I'm sorry, man. I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to sound like a fanboy. I'm just telling the truth. And that and that's what we do on the show is that, I mean, that's what most people want from their congressperson. And that's what many aren't getting from the show that, like, you sort of was talking about just a while ago. The show that is that we see all the time. I had um, I was speaking on the Hill uh, a few years ago for a 9-11 event and some fans came up to me we're going down and watch the republicans tear up the democrats i said okay well let me know how that goes when they came back they looked like they had ghosts <laughs> yeah. on their face i was like what's wrong yeah. with you they're all friends what do you mean what are you talking about they're slapping yeah. each other on they're smoking together and they're... i said oh well um that's that's what it is i mean yeah. but at least you can at least talk to our audience and at least give some type of some type of hope of where things should be going, right? I mean, you're right. Um, I just listen, I'm I'm just focused, man. I'm a Tea Party guy. I came up in a yeah. Tea Party movement politically. Yep. Uh before that, I was apolitical, didn't care about politics. I was like most people in the country, just living life, you know, going up in my career, taking care of my kids you know, learning what it is to be a husband, that kind of stuff. And that's really where most people are. You know, they they don't really pay much attention to to all the political movement, but they know what they they know what they like and they like they like it when they see it. And so for me, being in this position, and I, I always tell people I'm playing with house money. So I'm just gonna tell you exactly what it is. You may like it, you may not, that's okay. Um if people decide that, you know, what I'm saying doesn't work for them and, you know, they decide to send me home, so be it. I'll just go back to private sector and make money and live out the rest of my days. But while I'm doing this, I'm just going to call it and, and say it exactly how it is. Um, and, you know, I don't really go through like bashing people. You know, I don't I don't really do it that way. I just I just, you know, just just operate and be consistent and just try to make sure that we're doing the right things for the country, because at the end of the day, you know, I have three sons. Everybody has kids. Everybody's got grandkids. Like this country is the great experiment in the history of the world. If we screw this thing up, you're not going to be able to recreate it. So right. I don't have time to play games, frankly. So, Representative, thanks for coming on the show. Again, we yeah. know you're busy. Uh, I'd like to ask you a question. I think one of the things that we need in our country right now is serious men. And I think that if you weren't a serious man, you wouldn't be where you are at your age. Right, right now, I just wonder, as a serious man walking in to Washington, D.C., into Congress, what surprised you the most, Byron? I mean, I got to tell you, a lot of it didn't surprise me. It's about as dysfunctional as I thought it was. And from what I heard from other people who had served on Capitol Hill before I got there. But I think the thing that's really most disheartening is um, everybody's just waiting around for the next uh, deadline to come. There's not a lot of forethought that goes into, okay, how are we going to set this thing up so we can avoid the deadlines, be be efficient with our time, get the best policy out of out of the situation. A lot of it really seems to trying to get past the next deadline and thinking more in terms of election cycles as opposed to uh, what are the major shifts necessary to get policy and, and budgets on track in the country. And that's when you when you look at it from that vantage point, that makes it really disheartening sometimes because 
you're trying as a member, and it's, it's, it's not just me, it's a bunch of us who are like this, where we're trying to get the muscle memory of Congress to change from a deadlines and cliffs and elections mindset into uh, consistently producing good policy and sound budgets. And let that be the thing that drives everything else. And, um, you know, it's tough, but if they have fixed it, I, I definitely want to be here. I'll take that because I'd have been living my life. Mm-hmm. You know, Congressman Donalds, it's an honor to talk to you. I've loved following you and your ascension, and we need more people like you in Congress. And and you you said a couple powerful things. You take complex Washington gobbledygook, and you just make it digestible to the American people. And you don't always tell us what we want to hear, which is what we get out of a bunch of the politicians in Washington. You just say, this is how it is. So thank you so much for that. It's, it's, it's awesome. My question is, you talk about budgets and deadlines. 29 days, budgets are due or the government shuts down or they're going to shove another omnibus bill down our throat. And we've seen repeatedly where Congress never passes budgets, never passes spending resolutions, never does any of that. And I haven't seen, you know, and I'm just a civilian, but I haven't seen any movement on that. Are we just looking at our September 30th, here's our next omnibus bill, or, or where's that at? Well, look, there's a couple things. Well, first, let me talk about the positive things that have occurred. I mean, look, for the first time in like uh, 15 years or so, the Senate has actually passed appropriations bills. They passed them out of the Appropriations Committee, something the Senate just never does. In the House, We've passed 11 out of 12 bills out of House Appropriation Committees. And a lot of these bills have really, you know, they've had a good scrub. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is, is that typically what happens is the appropriation sub chairman and their staffer will take a look at last year's spending, take a look at what uh, CBO is saying that the the percentage increase is going to look like the baseline increase overall. And then they just slap on new new numbers and send it into committee. What we've done in the Congress, in part because of what happened with the Speaker of the House vote back in in January, is we have members who are actually scrubbing through and looking at these budgets. Now, in the House, we're having a problem coming to an agreement with some of our colleagues in in the Republican conference about what those final numbers are look like, will look like. But the fact that that's even occurred in Washington is actually monumental. Uh, The second thing is we are moving towards September 30, where there's going to be a government shutdown. And it can really be avoided. It's actually quite simple. All the Senate has to do is to agree with the House to secure the southern border. If we if we're going to fund any more money out of this government, the number one thing the government should do is its job, which is securing our southern border. So my attitude, I've said it to the speaker, I've said it publicly. Um, I think I said it on Fox one day, which is really a message more to the Senate Republicans. Um, We're not passing a clean CR out of the House. I'm sorry. I'm not voting for it, and I could probably easily count man, 70 to 90 Republicans who won't vote for it either. Probably more than that, depending on how things lay out. But what we will do is say, okay, we'll fund the government another month. We know there's other funding matters and policy matters we want to change when we negotiate with the Senate, but this, the border has to be secured. First, second, and third. And this is not a, just a Republican thing now. You got Democrat mayors complaining complaining about the migrant influx. So let's actually mm-hmm. stop the bleeding. Let's secure the border. And that actually gives us the precipice upon which we can negotiate other aspects of federal spending. Um, Speaker McCarthy's been very clear. He doesn't want to do omnibuses. 
But that doesn't mean there won't be these things called minibuses where they pack right. two or three bills together mm-hmm. and they pass four bills out. And I think at the end of the day, whether you have minibuses or 12 bills, what you really want are members scrubbing these, these appropriation bills, looking at the money going out, questioning if this is even effective, questioning is, is do we even need to spend this money anymore? And then also right. looking at various agencies and questioning what they're doing in their current processes, mm-hmm. i.e. the Department of Justice, and then saying, okay, well, if you're going to act like that, well, then here's what Congress is going to do. And, I, and we have to take the power of the purse very seriously. And I believe that if we do this right, you know, what will end up happening, well, what will happen is that when we take back the White House, you'll have that ability in the Congress to do some of the really um, hard but necessary things in order to get the country on track. Well, let's see. I wonder where I want to go. Um, okay. I'll I'll stick with the border situation. Over the yeah. weekend, I, I noticed a lot of, like, uh, Mayor Adams from New York. I'm looking at what's happening up there. Uh, honestly, I don't know why I hadn't. I knew it was going to be bad. I didn't know it was getting that bad, that bad, that bad. Mm-hmm. When I'm looking at these mop- illegal mopeds that are flying around New York City and the way that these illegals are getting these mopeds real easy, they already got money from... Am I right when I when I hear uh, they get some type of uh, a a pay appear to uh, this this token that they have to appear um, before the court, but at least that gets them money, um, uh, some type of welfare type of thing. Uh, then they you know they go to New York, and then they're getting on these legal mopeds, or stealing mopeds, and then they're doing DoorDash or or Uber Eats, and I mean, I'm watching this stuff, I'm like, the homeless of America, uh, our, our kids out here, the border, all this stuff is suffering, and these illegals are just getting away with murder, literally. Well, I mean, look, you're right about a couple things. The, the reason why, well, well, let me back up. So when they come across the border, they're processed immediately by, by uh, Border Patrol. Border Patrol will give them a date in court. When they have their date in court, that's when the first date, that's when they can get some basic documents so they can be in the country, they can go get a job, stuff like that. So virtually all of them go to the first hearing. What doesn't happen is they don't go to the second hearing. The second hearing could be five years from now. The return rate for the second asylum Mm -hmm. hearing under normal protocols is like 10% actually go to the second hearing. So once you get into the country, people just disappear. They And I mean, disappear, meaning they just go get a job. They go do something. They door dash or whatever the case might be. They'll work mm-hmm. under the table, et cetera. Um, they might have a child. They might get married. And a million different, different situations happen once right. they're here in the United States. The reason why this is really playing out on the streets of New York and other major cities is because of the the influx that Joe Biden has allowed into the United States. We're over 7 million now and counting. That influx doesn't just sit in rural Texas, you know, or doesn't just sit in South Dakota because, frankly, there's no jobs there. They end up going to major cities. Houston, Texas is the human trafficking capital of the world. Most people don't know that. That's because a lot of human trafficking occurs in Houston because the cartels are trafficking people into the United States 
a lot of young girls, if they're beautiful, actually get sold into sex slavery in the United States by the cartels. That's happening in real time. And so the, the, the real damage is being caused to the country is you have kids in New York City who are already two years behind because of their stupid lockdown policy. And now those same kids who are two years behind and trying to catch up, now they're in the classroom with two or three kids who are in the country illegally. They don't speak. They're not they're not they don't all speak Spanish. There's 184 different nationalities. People need to understand this. So you'll have a teacher in the classroom in New York where she's got her kids who are already falling behind. Now she has these two new kids who are way, way behind in terms of grade level here in the United States. And they have to have interpreters for those kids in order for those kids to learn to be able to get catch up to speed. Well, what is this doing to American children? It doesn't help them become spectacular. It doesn't help them uh, live up to what the gifts that God's given them. They continue to fall further behind. What's it doing to, frankly, uh, the, the hotel market? The hoteliers, yeah, they're getting paid, but it's also going to hurt New York tourists. I'm using New York as an example. What right, else, right. Is, also is happening? You, everybody's seen the shelters they're building on soccer fields. So that takes away from young kids' athletic ability here in the United States and their time on the field also important. It's wearing down New York's uh, social social benefit structure because some of these people, if they acquire a fake uh, social security number, they go in and apply for public benefits. New York doesn't check. I'm telling you right now, New York State does not check. They just take everybody's word for it and give out benefits. So mm. all this stuff is going to weigh down, not just the state of New York, but frankly, the United States of America. And Joe Biden is allowing this by design. That's how disastrous this is. Even if you want to talk about mopeds from Uber or from Lime or whatever that are used and people are running around doing DoorDash, as long as they have a, a, a tax ID number, they can open up an account. And as long as you can open up an account, you can go do that stuff and make money and get tips. And, and again, even for people who in our you know, U.S. citizens who are part of the gig economy, that's not taken away from them. Because right, I'll, I'll right. tell you a quick story. My, my oldest son is 20. He came home and he was like, Dad, let me use your car. I was like, man, what you want to use my car for? Just go get a job. He was like, why would I do that? I'm just going to go DoorDash and I'll make $22 an hour. And I could turn it on and turn it off whenever I want to. And I, I was at first I was like mad, like, man, no, that's not a real job. But then I'm like, wait, shoot, hold up. You're getting 22 an hour? It's a job <laughs> yeah, people sons, baby. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of smart. Okay, son, just make sure you know, pay, pay me my gas money. Don't have me pay for the yeah. gas. Make a yeah, little sure. up to the big guy. But, right. but yeah, you know, like, you know, this stuff like that. I was like, that's actually kind of smart. But that's what a lot of Americans are doing now to make ends meet because it is the, the crazy inflation in this economy. And so right. when you have illegals now coming in, taking up that space, what is it doing to them and their livelihoods? It's only taken away from them. Like, those are a bunch of the problems. I'll tell you that my, my stepson did the same thing and he ended up buying a used car after a summer doing Ubers. Uh, yep. But I, I wanted to change the subject a little bit to the elephant in the room uh, representative. Uh, everybody in the world just about knows the criminal status of our current president. I mean, regardless of needing more facts or impeachment inquiries or things like that, it's out of the bag and it has been for some time. Uh, what, what what's the progress of the impeachment inquiry or where do you think that that's going to actually go? I, I really don't expect uh, a conviction in the Senate, but I think that the facts being on the table in the official record are pretty important for our history. Where are we on that? So I think we're going to, when we get back, actually I fly back to DC tomorrow. 
Um, I think we're going to probably vote for an impeachment inquiry either this week or next week. I think it's likely next week. Um, so when I talked to the speaker about this, he said that he wanted to have the members vote for the inquiry. I said, OK, that's fine. Um, I think the Republican members will be supportive of it. What's going to happen after that is that Judiciary Committee will be where under Jim Jordan, that's where the all the evidence is going to be essentially reviewed, cobbled cobbled together. They'll hold hearings on the evidence and then they're going to begin crafting um, if the evidence dictates uh, articles for impeachment. Now, why did I just say if the evidence dictates? And I think it does. But the, the reason why is because what Nancy Pelosi did to Donald Trump, in my view, was a was a disaster for the republic. It actually right. cheapened impeachment in the House of yeah. Representatives. Exactly. This is a very serious matter. And so when we came in, um, you know, I had a couple colleagues. They were like, let's impeach on day one. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. Exactly. And they were like, well, why not? And I said, because impeachment, you're supposed to actually prove a case. You're supposed to investigate. You're right. supposed to take time and, and really deliberate this because you are talking about a procedure to remove a sitting president. So, you know, for the last seven months, we've been going through the investigative process and we've really uncovered everything that people are seeing right now. What's going to happen in judiciary is they're going to put all that together into into the actual articles of impeachment. We know about the accounts. We know about the public corruption. We know about the money going to the Biden family all over the place. We know about the fact that the the, the widow of the Moscow mayor was left off the, the Russian sanctions list. We know about the Parisma prosecutor being fired when Joe Biden was vice president and he did it on purpose. We know about all those things. What we're still trying to get to is all the money flow from Joe, from Hunter Biden into the rest of the family. We're still trying to track that down. We're also trying to track down what money actually went for the benefit of Joe Biden and how that might have occurred. And I think when you have that complete picture, then you have clear articles for impeachment. Um, the reason why I believe we should take the time to do this is because, look, the crazy media, they're not going to be supportive of any of this. All they're going to say is that this is a waste of time. And so it's really important for us to make a clear case as to why we're moving forward with impeachment. I, I think... Look now. I want to say this: Looking at the calendar of the House, and this this does matter. We maybe have I don't know twenty five legislative days this year, twenty to twenty five yeah. left this That's year. It. So, what I do believe is that you know I think Jim and his committee is going to do their job, and I think mm -hmm. we're I think we're pretty much there. I think you could see articles of of, of impeachment sometime in the spring, early spring, not even the spring, like early winter, like January, February. That's that's I think that's actually when you're going to see a vote on the floor. Just looking at the calendar, what Jim's committee is going to have to do. And then you got to understand in the backdrop of impeachment, we're talking about appropriations, funding the government and all that stuff. And a presidential race. Right. Is that going on? I had no idea. <laughs> we I think the no race idea. is kind of over, but that's just us. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Byron, actually, that that leads to my question, which is when you see these 12 knuckleheads up on stage who have a zero percent chance of dethroning President Trump from the nomination, like what's your take on that? Shouldn't we just all be supporting President Trump and let's take out the weaponized Department of Justice? Let's fight these legal battles instead of all this infighting with these clowns with three percent or five percent or ten percent. I mean, look, at this time, yeah, I think so. But it's a free country. 
everybody's allowed to run. If you want to run, that's fine. You know, if you want to run and get beat down, that's that's fine too. I get it. It happens, you know. But I mean, look, look, whether it, you know, with uh, Governor DeSantis or Governor Haley or Vivek or anybody else, you know, they're American citizens. And, and in our party, you know, the one thing we've always prided ourselves on is that we don't do coronations. Um, right. You, you got to go earn it. We've always been a meritocracy. I, I just think that the one thing that's pretty clear at this point is that the voters want Donald Trump. And yeah, so yep. people will say, oh, this is just <clears throat> the internal party people. No, it's actually not the internal party people. It's not the mega donors. It's mm -hmm. not the establishment. This is the nope. will of the Republican. Attention vote. Americans, breaking news. Oh, that's all right. No, no, no. Go ahead. So, but no, it's it's the will of the it's the it's the will of Republican voters that are being heard. So I mean, look, I think this thing will be over in a couple of months, maybe four months or so, and you know, it's fine. But once it's done, my, my message to everybody, every state I've been in has been: when this is all over and Donald Trump is our nominee, it's time to be one party. Like if you're a moderate Republican and you weren't happy about mean tweets or you don't like all the drama on TV. You got to understand that the radical left wants to institutionalize their agenda, regardless of how you feel. Um, right. they put people like John Fetterman in the United States Senate and people not bad an eye. And John Fetterman is not capable of doing the job of a United States senator. I'm oh, sorry, I had a stroke. I hope I hope he recovers and his health comes back. But having been in this job, man, his job, this job is a grind. I, I couldn't imagine recovering from a stroke while trying to do this job. And right. so, you know, I just think that the Democrats, they play for keeps and right. and Republicans have to understand um, this is the game that they're playing and we got to get on board and get the job done and be victorious. It's that simple. Well, one thing um, um, before I let you go, <clears throat> there's one thing that um, we are doing. We are praying for you because because you are out in the spotlight and your voice is your voice is being heard. And a lot, a lot of people are being drawn to it because of your common sense, your com um, yeah. your common sense, and also, again, I'll go back to that you are legit in in um, speaking with the person, like speaking as with a strong spine of your conviction for conservative principles. Uh, we want to have you back, and uh, I'm sorry, sorry, it's been so long because we remember when you were running. Um, <laughs> Man, that we thing seems you. like it was 10 years ago now, man. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, man, he's listen, this thing, it's it's only September. Man, it feels yeah. like just 2023's been been two or three years. So much has I'm happened not, yeah. this year. Yeah. You know, yep. but I mean, like I'll, I'll tell you on that point. My mom, you know, she always told me, you know, just think logically. You know, whatever's going on, you just gotta think logically about it. Right. She said it every day. You know how your mama talks about you. Where now you're grown, and what your mama said is still kind of rattling around in your brain because she said oh, it yeah. so much. Yep. But she was always like, think, think rationally, think logically. You know, you can't really follow what other people are doing. You just have to make sure you're doing the right thing. And so, you know, that's kind of how I just operate. I'm just always that way. And then, you know, talk about in terms of just speaking to people, I just. I just remember watching like cable news or watching speeches or watching debates. And I would be like, man, this person is boring. Yep. That I didn't really that. make yep. any sense. Yeah. What's this dude even talking about? <laughs> and I just, you know, I just wanted somebody to just, man, just cut it loose and say exactly what it is and what it's not. And I don't have to agree, but I'll respect it. Right. And that's really, you know, when I was 
not paying attention to politics and then starting to learn politics. That's what I wanted every time I was yelling to the TV. So I figured, you know, not just why not just do the thing you said you always wanted, see what happens. You know, that's what I always that's what I also think where we miss out on outreach too, where where yeah. our side misses out on outreach because you you probably are just like me. You can go to a barbershop and you can talk to just everybody oh, yeah. that's in there. Because you go in there, you can relate to everybody, and they can relate to you. You don't go straight. Well, I mean, they might know that you're a congressperson because you see them on TV, but you still can go in there and hold a conversation with anybody in there and talk about anything, and they not and not talk over them. You can talk to them, right. uh, and that's something that you know we on this show have said. That's what Donald Trump has done, but it seemed like the GOP. They're running on Donald Trump's name, but they don't know how to do that type of outreach on a long, on a longer scale uh, to to talk to people. It seemed like they're afraid of people, but as long, I mean, as long as you're in there, uh, I think I think we have a chance. I want to bring you back uh, oh, and, and um, uh, have some more questions and stuff to you. How can our audience reach out to you on social media and help you in w- on whatever you're doing? Uh, everything. <clears throat> ooh, sorry about that. Everything is at Byron Donalds. Uh, just at Byron Donalds. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, True Social. I think we're on True Social now. Um, you gotta forgive me. I'm a, I'm a Samsung guy. I'm not an Apple guy. So you know, I know they were they were doing the Samsung rollouts after they did the Apple rollouts. But um, uh, everything is at Byron Donalds. And um, you know, people want to support me. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I just want to do the job that this country deserves, this country needs. If it means I got to, you know, ruffle feathers, that's cool. If it means I got to face, that's fine. Everything will be okay. Because at the end of the day, and it's actually really indicative of today, was watching some of the 9-11 coverage this morning and really remembering where I was 22 years ago. Um, You know, our country's been through some some deep, deep tragedies. And we made it through every single time. The sun continues to come up the next day. So yeah. we can make it through that. You know, we can make it through me having to just get a people's minds right on Capitol Hill. So, yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Congressman Byron Donalds, we will be having him back on the show. We want to thank him for taking time out. Of his busy schedule. Have a safe trip back. Uh, get in there. Uh, uh, shake the ground. Move the ground, man. Because uh, and, and no. And pl- please know this. I mean, just stick it in your pocket. There's a lot of people pulling for you, man. There's a lot of people. Millions. That are pulling for you. And we believe in you. So uh, thanks for everything that you're doing, my friend. Hey, listen, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Y'all take it easy. Attention, Americans. Breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. 
Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow, thanks America! <laughs> Did you see his deposition? <laughs> <laughs> He's a monster, man. He don't mess with his pillows now. My I loved me. that best position. Not lumpy, he's he's not lumpy, lumpy, lumpy. Not anymore. My pillows, ain't, my pillows aren't lucky. Aren't lumpy? You're lumpy. Some will fix them. Welcome back You're to right. the show, ladies. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ray Dupree, Hutch Bailey Jr., Jason Robinson mm-hmm. here on Red Voice Media Network. <sighs> 911. 911. Uh before um before we get into this, make sure that you visit redvoicemedia.com. Also check out the the number one I'll call I call them the number one conservative network for patriot voices. You can check them out. They have a premium edition too that you can sign up for. You just use the code name Wayne and you we there's extra videos, extra interviews, just extras behind the scenes that you can uh watch for free. And they're on you can watch us on Apple TV now. Download us on Apple or well, download Red Voice Media on Apple TV, Amazon Prime, Roku, Fire Stick. Uh there, I mean there's so many things that uh you can watch us on your TV and not just the little computer. You can have us up on the TV, and you see that little MAGA thing that I included up there? That's my MAGA rate. That's our rating for uh, the program. That's right. I, I had to create this this morning. Well, I had to create this. You know what? I'll show it later. Um, <laughs> I'll show it later. But I, I was like, you know what? It'd be nice to kind of fool around with that. So I created a MAGA rating, M-A-G-A. Um, 9 11, 20, 20, how many years 22. ago? I'll tell you, it's uh, <clears throat> I remember growing up and I was too young for one of them, but there were two events 
that everybody remembered where they were when they happened. Mm. And the first one for people, my age, the first one was when John F. Kennedy got killed. And I was too young for that. I was only two years old, mm. but the next one was when we landed on the moon. And I do remember that my father came, we were sleeping already mm. and he came and got me up. I was the only one old enough to understand what was going on and brought me down to the kitchen. We had this little black and white television. And I remember sitting down there with him watching Neil Armstrong land on the moon. And that was, that's one thing that'll never, never leave my head. And apparently 9-11 is the same way. Everybody remembers where they were uh, on that day. I know I do. I'm sure you guys have something to say about it too. Yeah. yeah I got to say 9-11 was one of those days I was working in a retail store and I got a call over the walkie, like, oh my God, a plane hit the tower. And I went in the break room and we got all the employees up there and we were just praying and crying and then that second plane hit and it's like oh my gosh this is you knew i, I mean everybody talks hyperbolic you get people say this was worse as 9 11 and the fact of the matter is that for many of us my age and i'm a little younger than you guys like that will be a turning point in american history oh yeah it and, doesn't matter your age man that was right that there that took the wind right out of your sails there man i mean that, that was something when when the second one hit I was the same way. I wasn't in a store. I was at a army reserve maintenance facility. Right. That's what I did for a living. And I'm sitting there and the, the, the guy had the TV on in the break room when the first one hit. And I mean, he said something about it, but everybody, oh, damn, man, plane crash. Wow. That sucks, right? But then when that second one hit, we knew we were going to war. Yep. It's a different perspective than the rest of the rest of the country. We yeah. knew. We looked to our left and looked to our right. And wonder, are we all going to be alive next year? Yeah. Right. Because we, we didn't know how the war was going to be, where it was going to be, but we knew damn sure we were going to war somewhere. I remember um, I was working in Virginia at the time, real close to D.C., re real close to the Pentagon area, but not that close that I could see it. But we were, I mean, we were maybe like 10, 15 miles away from the Pentagon. So uh, I used to drive from Baltimore to Virginia. I, I got there about 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, for me, I've always been like, if something has to do with technology, I, I want it on my computer because I want to know how to get it before anybody else. We used to have this uh, player for the Microsoft um, we, Internet Explorer back then. We had, It used to be Netscape and Internet Explorer. I don't know if y'all remember those two things. But the main player that everybody was using was called Real Player. It was a real yeah. Oh yeah. Thing. And uh, most of the video and stuff on it was digital. It wasn't, or yeah, it was it was digital. So the guy came in around uh, nine nine, maybe a little bit after nine o'clock. No, no, no. A little bit before nine o'clock, a little bit before nine o'clock, and said that um, the tower, I mean, that um, a plane had flown into the tower in New York. And it was like, okay, well, you know, planes flying to the thing and all this stuff. So I went on the real player to see what the news was, you know, just, just see what it looked like. And everybody was looking around. Everybody wanted to see what it looked like. And the people that were standing behind us, we saw that we saw the shadow of the second plane because it was low, and it was an NBC coverage, and they were talking, and that thing just flew in, 
to the second thing, and every, I mean, the whole place got quiet. They were like, wait, what was that? And then you saw the, the push out of the explosion of the second tower. Like, they just hit the second one? Was that two planes? And then the next thing you heard was that the Pentagon got hit. It's like, yeah. hey, something's going on. <laughs> now, something's hey, really going on now. Hey, when that happened, did your cell phone work? Because mine didn't. No, no, it didn't. Hmm. I tried I tried to call my wife at the time. Me too. Phone was down. All the phones were down. Couldn't get contact with nobody. Yeah. And on top of that, we we couldn't leave because the highways were filled up. Traffic had stopped. You couldn't ride on the side. I mean, there was traffic all the way, so you couldn't you couldn't talk to anybody, and nobody knew anything. My, I mean, my family didn't know anything for about eight nine hours because that's how long like phones were down and there, and it's like wow, and. Like you said, uh, and then the uh, Pennsylvania one happened after that. Well, nobody really knows. Well, we have a speculation about what happened about that one. But we're like, uh, when you look outside, and I'm not comparing, well, in a, in a way I am comparing it to 9-11, but it wasn't nothing compared to 9-11. One day I walked outside and I looked for my car in a in a in a specific spot, but when I walked outside, the day looked different. It just looked different. I was like, "What? It doesn't look real," you know. And I and I looked at the spot to where my car was. And the car looked just like mine, but it was in that spot, but it wasn't mine. But I couldn't. I was like, "That's not my car." And I went inside and I sat back down. I was like, "Okay, calm down, think about it, go back up there and look again." And you know, my car had been stolen. After the second plane hit in New York, and then we heard the one that went into the Pentagon, I looked outside and the day didn't look right. The yep. day just didn't look right. I was like, this reminds me of that day. And it, it's like, as you said, I was like, yeah, we're going to war. This is a war well, thing it was, right here. It was really kind of the best of times, worst of times, because – those weeks and months after 9-11 were probably the only time in my lifetime that it felt like there was unity in the country. And we were all yeah. <clears throat> like everybody set politics and everything aside and they united in this this strange feeling. And I had never felt that in, in my life. But then it was the worst of times because we know a lot of the information coming out like Tower 7 and that kind of stuff was weird. And then all the Patriot Act stuff that we're still dealing with those ramifications. It was, you know, we, we had a crisis and we gave government too much power and we're still feeling the effects 22 years later and now they're weaponizing it. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I would never forget is finding out a few days later. Now, conspiracy, all that other subs, conspiracy, whatever. A couple of, well, not even a couple of days. There was maybe a couple of weeks later found out that people were jumping out of the building in New York Media oh, never said that right. I saw that right away. That was that was live, yeah. Media never said. I mean, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it, and the media didn't talk about it. And nobody said anything. But when I start seeing, and I never forget the video. I never forget the video because there was like a, a, a like ten minutes a, of it. It was yeah. It was a a, a plant house, or um, you know how people do vegetable um, plants outside with a with a cover over top of it and stuff, there's a plant house. 
greenhouse. And huh? A greenhouse. A greenhouse. Behind get yeah, it was right beside the tower or is right under the tower. And there was a camera on that. And the thing you can hear stuff things coming right through the top of that green. And it's like what those are people. I'll yep. tell you an another thing similar to that. And they really have whitewashed the, the terrible nature of this. Mm. But when those when that second building blew up, and I don't know exactly what chronological point it was, but when some when, when it hit the plane hit or something, a neighborhood a couple miles away. You imagine all the stuff inside that building, all the papers and all the typewriters and computers and people that were inside it. They're hearing all this stuff landing on their street and on their roofs and stuff. And they go out there and it looks like a butcher shop, man. There's pieces of meat everywhere, hanging in trees, on their roofs. I mean, that's the physical characteristics of that, man. I mean, that that's how bad it was. I'm still guessing... They're guessing who was there. They don't know who's there. How are they going to know? Yeah. Right. It, um, I think if I had P I know I had PTSD to a point because I can't sit through. I, and I don't even know why I force myself sometimes. But when it when nine eleven comes, I always rem, try to remember by watching certain aspects of it. It's terrifying, I, isn't it? And the going tears, back and watching the old news footage, oh, you're watching it live, you know. The tears roll, man. Yeah. The tears roll because we look, we were so helpless, we didn't know what to do. We, did, I mean, all those people were hurt, all those people were injured. And what go ahead, go ahead. And then you got to wonder why does President Bush let everybody get away with it? Yeah, right. why does he let these yeah. people go back to Saudi Arabia? I'm thinking in my head. I didn't realize George W. Bush was a jag off yet. Right. I thought Me neither. A, I thought he was still a good guy. I, I did too. I did too. And I'm sitting there too. wondering, why the hell did you do that? Why did you come out and tell everybody that Islam is the religion of peace after right. we just lost all these people? Are you crazy? Don't get mad at him. Don't look at him wrong. Oh, and all the details around it too. I mean, on the 10th of November or September 10th, when they announced they lost $2.3 trillion, $2.3 with a T trillion dollars. I thought it was a billion. I thought it was six billion, but okay. Yeah, whatever the no, number was. What, they lost that's what Obama's shipping to Iran tomorrow, six billion. Right. Yeah. They they yeah. lost a ton of money. Yeah. You know, and then weird stuff like Tower Seven. I mean yeah, the FBI. That's weird. That was the FBI building, right? Yes. Tower 7 was the FBI building. Yes. Where they and, had the records for the lost money, supposedly. I don't yeah. know if it's true. And uh, the FBI changed their whole um, mission after 9-11. Yep. Uh, yep. You can, and all you got to do to see it is watch The Sopranos. Yeah. You watch the Sopranos, the agents will tell you right there, hey man, you guys are off the hook. We're on terrorism now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, for uh there was a documentary I I never forget. I was watching a couple years ago, and it and it floored me because it was like uh they they were going after pedophiles and they were going after rapists and Mom they were guys. going after different things like that. And after 9-11, they stopped. They they were like a, a woman is raped. Um, every every few seconds or whatnot by oh they were going after serial killers, um, 
they were like the United States had more serial killers than any other country in the world. And they were like a woman um, is attacked by a serial killer like every seven seconds or something like that. But they but the FBI was moved off of that and changed their mission for 9-11. Uh, they went from law enforcement to intelligence. To exactly. Yep. Yep. Well, and yep. we still feel the effects of it today. I mean, instead of them shutting down, I mean, Byron Donald's talks they, about, yeah. yeah, he's talking about the biggest human trafficking organization coming out of Houston. They're spending more money chasing down some grandma that was wandering around the Capitol on January 6th than they are shutting that down. And citizens just shouldn't, shouldn't stand for it. Another thing that, I don't think they've changed it yet. I I think they were trying to, but uh they Congress basically gave up everything every bit of power that they almost all the power that they have to the president of the United States. Yep. And it's like, wait a minute, we elected you to, to represent us and to do all this stuff, and you just gave everything to the president. And they knew that they should they knew that was against the constitution. You know, they have a job to do. And they usurped the Constitution, almost like that New Mexico governor. Oh, my God. Hey, we got to wait till after the break, man. I got a lot to say about that. <laughs> right? I got, that one there. That, that one, you got to look at that one right. There, there's yeah, a, I know. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We will. We will. I promise you. Because <laughs> that was the main one, man. Because, I mean, honestly, I had to look. I had to double look at that. I was like, oh, she playing. She playing. She no. She can't do she that. Ain't playing. She ain't playing. No, she ain't got nothing to do with she, New Mexico either. She, she doubled down too. She doubled down on it. She's so quadrupled did, down on it, Wayne. So there's a the Democrat. So there's the a Democrat citizens. that came. Um, a Democrat that we can't even stand that told her that she can't do it, and she t- and she told him that he was wrong. I was like, oh damn. Even even David Hogg, right? Told her that she was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, Ted Lou and David Hogg were Ted the two Lou, people yeah. on the left that came out and said, "Yeah, well, you hey, don't can't do that. Do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that." Well, like, and and we got a lot anyway. to unpack here yeah, and yeah, to explain will. to will. the viewing audience what they're doing because it's we will. I promise we will. Oh. But, no, we were um, um, the nine eleven. Yes, did bring us together as a country for about uh, twenty four hours. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, right, a yeah. While. Yeah, they went out there the next day and sang God bless America on the Capitol steps. And then two days later, they're calling freaking troops Genghis Khan and whatever. I, I don't know. It was a sad thing. <laughs> you know that the weird part is what changed that, what, what stopped the unity was the election. If you remember the primary, the Democrat primary was going on shortly thereafter. And uh, the crazy guy from Vermont, uh, the, the governor from Vermont that was in the in the race. Uh, what's his name? He, the guy that screamed. He, uh, he won the New Hampshire primary on an anti-war ticket. And the whole rest of the Democrat Party threw the American flag in the trash and came out as anti-war, all of them. Uh, Howard Dean was Howard Dean, yep. Wah! Yeah. Well, he One of won. the greatest endings of a campaign ever. It was. And he won the, the primary because he was against the war. And right. he scared the hell out of the rest of the Democrats. And John Kerry and all of them, they started going anti-military and all kind of stuff. It was uh, disgusting. They went anti-military before I, uh, before Iraq? No, they were, they were pro-military. 
Remember okay. that we had the okay. hearings in Congress and everything? Yeah. They were all pro. Well, that was Desert Storm, not the hearings in Congress. But they were they were pro-America, pro-military until Howard Dean won the primary on an anti-war ticket. That's okay, when they changed. I, okay, because I thought you said like right after uh right it after wasn't, it wasn't, that they it wasn't went right after no okay, no, okay, okay. Yeah, because I, 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 yeah, I was like no, I you know what? Like, I blew that whole thing. I blew that whole damn thing. I was talking about the Iraq war. It was, I'm sorry. I, I, I had my time. Yeah, running. I was like, you wait just, a minute. You just shook me up. No, you got me right. I, I, I was wrong. They were all together for that You're one. Right. So, right. I mean, but but the American people weren't. The American right. people weren't. And you can go on TikTok. You can go on YouTube. You can go on uh, X Twitter or Twitter X. Or you can go on Facebook. And a whole lot of people were like, yeah, he, he shouldn't have went into Iraq. He shouldn't have ran into Iraq. And that, I mean, honestly, that's what turned a lot of people against him. No, that's, that's what really turned and, a, hot, a lot of people get after they didn't find anything. I think what they should have done on that, really, and I, you might disagree with me on this, but we, when you do something like that to a country, if you want to still be a country the next day, mm. you got to hold somebody accountable for it. You got to. You got and to. And I think what they should have done after that is Colin Powell shouldn't have done all that dancing he did. Exactly. Forget right. the, who cares about the United Nations. I, I don't agree. care about that. Somebody should have came out like Byron Donalds. Yep. And should yep. have came out and said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're not really sure who who bombed us, but we got to go kick somebody's butt. Yeah. Yep. And we're gonna, and I think the American people could have handled that. Talk about talk about impeach. He should have been impeached right there. Yeah. He should have been impeached. You lied to the American people, you lied to um United Nations. There was a movie that just came out that I hope both of y'all saw. If not, then I get your title. The girl over there in um, the UK uncovered the lie and and told and told the British people that it was a lie and that they were going to war with the United States because of a lie. They they um, um they they almost jailed her for a whole year. They silenced her. She couldn't get no job and whatnot. And then after a year, they were going to bring charges, put her in jail, and then the and then they um, dismissed the case. For a whole year, her, her her whole life was gone, and then and, it's and, like this. And it really, oil. We didn't take any oil. Where the money got made was in the military-industrial complex, right? Yeah. And, and when I say that, I don't just mean tanks and guns. Right. Wayne will tell you. I could tell you the spending is obscene in a war zone. It is. It's, it's like something you've never seen. It's crazy. The amount of money they spend. It, it's like this. There's no ceiling. Nope. Those MRAPs that we sent to the surge in Iraq were like a billion. They were more than a million dollars each. Yeah. And it was a no contract bid. Nope. You no know, big contract, yeah. rather. That's it was a you five that. companies, build as many as you can. No contract. Well, and bid. the military industrial complex all got rich and they gave kit back to politicians when the they Chinese. blew stuff up. And then after we blow it up, then BlackRock and all those guys move in to make money rebuilding it. With DEI and ESG running the show, yep. did you hear? And then about, all that money funnels back to the politicians. So, yep. you know, did you hear about all that money that um, the the Biden administration or or uh, no, maybe maybe not the Biden administration, but uh, there are two there are two um, United States institutions that are giving Ukraine billions to rebuild. 
after yeah. this whole thing's I over? Doubt it. That's that that's the chapter. That's the next <laughs> chapter in the book. Yeah, they've already got they've already got the contract secured to rebuild. Yeah, yeah, already. Already. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're watching the Waiting to Pre podcast here on the Red Voice Media Network, the number one conservative network for Patriot Voices. Check them out on rumble.com forward slash Red Voice Media. You can also, well, you can also check out Waiting to Pre uh, show on Rumble too. Um, if you're watching this right now, make sure that you click the subscribe button and the notification button. Let me get that up here real quick. Click on that notification bell uh, that is on the wh wherever you are, uh, Facebook, Twitch, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Getter, Pill.net. Um, uh, what is our Rumble? Yeah, I said Rumble. Click on the subscribe. Click on the notifications if you can so that you know when we go live. Jason Robinson, Hutch Baylor Jr., Wayne Dupree will be right back. When I invented MyPillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition MyPillow. The Giza Elegance MyPillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe cusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow, we interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833 287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. So in this public health order, which is effective today, September 8th, which lasts 30 days, and then we'll, like all the other public health orders, we will either amend or renew or adjust, depending upon where we are. So effective immediately... No person other than a law enforcement officer or licensed security officer shall possess a firearm 
either openly or concealed within cities or counties, averaging 1,000 or more violent crimes per 100,000, and more than 90 fire rela firearm-related emergency department visits. So to put that in sort of a layman's term, terms, for 30 days in Albuquerque and Bernalillo County, it's the only place that meets both those standards. Statewide order, but only one place meets both criteria. Where we have far too many ER gunshot visits, and we have far too many crimes involving firearms, we are suspending open and concealed carry. It's a move by the governor that has made national headlines. A 30-day ban on carrying firearms in any public spaces across Bernalillo County to curb gun violence. Since the announcement yesterday, it's drawn major criticism from across the country, leading to two New Mexico lawmakers calling for the impeachment of Governor Luan Grisham following her public health order. News 13's Gabe Chavez has more. We made an oath, which is a promise that we swear that we're going to uphold the Constitution, the rights of New Mexicans, and she threw that right out the window. Anger, frustration, and shocked. That's how some state leaders are feeling today after the governor's public health order went into effect yesterday afternoon. I was completely shocked and taken by surprise that she would do such a gross overreach and completely violate the Constitution. Our governor... She called for open season on law-abiding citizens by subverting the state and federal constitutions and laws of our state, and that's something that needs to be remedied immediately. The governor's public health order bans open and concealed firearms in public spaces throughout Albuquerque and Bernalillo County for 30 days. This order does not impact law enforcement or licensed security officers and does not impact those who carry a gun on private property. Representatives Lord and Block both say even those on the other side of the political aisle are shocked and angered by this. I ran into someone who is on the other side of the aisle of me and some issues. There's a lot that we do agree on, but there's this one I was surprised. He came up to me, Democrat, lives in the area, said, I am so angry at the governor. This public health order has also sparked three lawsuits. One threatened by state Senate Republican minority leader Greg Baca and one planned by House Republicans. Another filed today on behalf of the National Association for Gun Rights in U.S. federal court. Yeah, Democrats are mad because the election is around the corner and <laughs> somebody's going to get waxed <laughs> at the election box for covenant. Well, welcome back to the Wayne Dupree podcast. Jason Robinson, uh, Hutch Baylor Jr., and myself, Wayne Dupree, here on the Red Boys Media Network. What say you, ladies and gentlemen? What? Um, go. Gosh. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Um, there's two very important words to remember during this situation because this has nothing to do with New Mexico. Yep. It has nothing. That governor didn't make up her mind by herself. She was directed to do that, and it wasn't in New York City. It was in Albuquerque, a small city, respectively, relatively. Public health. Public health emergency. This is directly tied to mask mandates. This is the mask mandate was a, fr a, a free run for this. There's two things that are on our horizon. One is the Second Amendment being taken. The other is, is slaving us, ruling us with climate change. 
And both of those two things can be, you can use a public health emergency to do. We have to make sure that this mask mandate gets crushed because that's the key to controlling everything else. You control the health of the nation. You control the people of the nation. And that, that, that Second Amendment cancellation is a test. And thank God the people of Albuquerque County showed up it, by the hundreds armed in public and the police did nothing to them. But you got to yeah. put these together, these events. They're not by themselves. Well, I was going to say, just, just to unpack that a little bit. I didn't say so, it very well. Well, and, and you, you, you did well, like two things. One, the Second Amendment is not optional. Like, there's no point going into it, if that makes sense. Uh, but anytime you hear the government declare an emergency that gives the government special powers to do things they couldn't normally do. That's true. So when they declared a public health emergency, they're using that power to do something they normally couldn't do. Last week I tweeted about it. The On Friday, the White House released a press release that they declared an emergency on, or extended an emergency on election interference from foreign sources that gives the government special powers to do things they wouldn't do. When they declare a climate emergency, they get to do things they normally couldn't do. And Hutch nailed it. This is a test balloon. They throw this up in some out-of-the-way place to see what can happen, to yep. see what they can get away with. But anytime you hear that phrase, insert first part, climate, public health, whatever, emergency declaration, you hear emergency declaration, you should go, whoa, 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 whoa. And you got to link it. granting the government powers they don't have. You got to link it back to COVID. COVID gave them that power. COVID <clears throat> got the population to bend over. Right. And we can't let it happen again. Or it's never going to end. Well, and as we talk about concerns, if there will be an election in 2024, there could be things that they declare emergencies for that could potentially make it where the election's weird or different or delayed or who knows what. Yeah. I um, When I when I looked at that, I, I was like, okay, well, this is, this is where this is going to go because they think for some reason they think that um criminals follow rules right. you know I, I mean that's that's not that that's the first thing i thought they think that criminals follow rules and you're only hurting law abiding citizens you're not hurting the criminals the criminals don't care what you do if they did they wouldn't be called criminals i wanted to ask her how many of those crimes were made by legal guns yeah not criminals zero. don't follow zero yeah Criminals, well, and and if they are legal guns, uh, were they stolen? Right. Were they were they le, were were they legitimately stolen? And you or or were they stolen out of police units? Were they stolen was, from? If it was know? a legally owned, if it was a legal legally owned gun that committed a crime, good, good, convict that guy. Right. Punish him, yeah. not everybody else. Right, you don't have to shut down everybody. Well, no. And I think yeah. the elephant in the room, people talk about the Second Amendment and say, oh, it's for duck hunting or, you know, even defending my house, you know, from somebody coming in no, trying to run. No, the purpose of the Second Amendment is yeah. so that citizenry can be armed against a tyrannical government. And That's you know what, anybody, 
Right. And and if anybody does use that excuse, you are diminishing what the Second Amendment is really for. I mean, right. come on. I mean, stand up, stand up and say, no, it's for my protection. It's for my protection of my my land, my property, my my family uh, and against anybody, especially the government that would come in and try to take it from me. Period. Yep. That, or, a, or any other government. Right. Or any right. other government that might come over an open border um, carrying their flag and um, illegal means. So, I mean, you stand up for what you believe in. Don't don't diminish the Second Amendment and don't even diminish the First Amendment. So I'll even take it one step forward. And, and I'm, I'm not saying anybody else should do this, but this is the way I feel right now. The left has been using these rules against us my whole life. Saul Linsky's rules for radicals. Mm-hmm. Yep. We need to use them back on them. I'm telling you, every time I've seen about four or five people in the last few days outside it, by themselves or in their car wearing a mask, I isolate, I roll my window down, isolate them and ridicule them. Those people are going to take your rights away. If we don't get them to stop, everybody knows the mask does, don't work. I think what I'm going to do tomorrow, I have a VA appointment tomorrow and I'm going to go to the VA hospital. And if they tell me to wear a mask, I'm going to turn around and say, cancel my subscription. I'm done. I'm walking right back out. I'm not wearing any more masks. You know, it's just the way I feel. I hope I didn't mess up you. Oh, you uh, damn. My bad. Sorry. I see you took them off. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's being proactive. What? Well, and I, I think the point that Hutch is making, too, is folks have to understand these people that have bad intentions in the government, they will try things. Let's see if we get people to go along with this. And let's see if we get people to go along with that. And then when you do, that gives them the legal authority to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And that's where for us... You know, like the mask isn't isn't the end of the world. And if you look at it logically, oh, whatever, they want me to wear a mask. No, no, no. This starts a slippery slope. This is how we started at gay marriage. And now we've got transgender. <laughs> we've got six-year-olds getting their privates cut off. Like, this is a slippery slope they go down, you know. But you know what? That, that, came, that came in another way. That, 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 um, that trans thing, man. Uh, that trans thing was put in front of our kids like no other. Uh, you know, you had parents with in, parents with the kids, and that allowed that one. That you know, it wasn't like a mandate. I'm just saying it's like. Government it's the concept of the slippery slope type of thing, you know, type of evil thing that you, I mean, and they sat there and uh, 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 let, you know, and they, I mean, they, these people were taking, well, I'm not saying that, that they were taking off the clothes or whatnot because they were already dressed, um, risque anyway, but kids are sitting up there looking like this, you know, and I mean, when I'm when just we saying as you start that, down the slippery shot. slope, right, right, you start okay. going I mean, down the slippery slope, and you've got to pick a point to stop. And this government tyranny over the mask 
it's yeah. you're right like the mask isn't a huge deal but that leads to other behavioral modifications that they want to have you do that will be more serious it's kind of like gay marriage gay marriage i think most of us like whatever two, two dudes want to get married two chicks want to get married whatever but it becomes that slippery slope where where do you draw that line Shoot. and and the thing is is and this is a this is a teachable moment right here yeah. I'm never for that. There's no way that I'm ever going exactly, to exactly right. Me neither. I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to condone it. I think it's ridiculous. But you're 20 years younger than me, brother, and it's okay. But that's been whether you know it or not, right? That was taught to you, right? Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that yeah. as the social yeah. norms go, and I use rock music because I grew up in the heavy metal era. And I remember when Tipper Gore was up there trying to put warning labels on Motley Crue and Twisted Sister. And as a young person, I'm like, why are they doing that? Like we can sing shout at the devil. Well, now 20 years later, they're singing wet ass on TV at the Super Bowl, And it's like, okay, maybe Tipper Gore was right. We should have probably drawn the line in the sand back then and not let it get out of hand. And now, now it has, you know, yeah. But I mean, like the trans stuff, I tell you what, guys, what's your prediction? How soon till we see the first major push for minor attracted people being a protected class? I think it's going to blow up in their face at some point. You think so? I think so. I'll tell you why. This weekend, I think I listened to Rich Men North of Richmond 25 times. Oh, really? I watched I watched North Rich Men North of Richmond by uh, Oliver Anthony. And I'll tell you, I watched reaction videos to it. And some of the hardest core thug rappers that you've ever seen are watching that country song going, damn, he's right. Yep. I mean, I mean, all of them. I didn't see one negative one. I saw a bunch of them that were negative before they watched it. Mm -hmm. You know, touting the party line, saying it's racist and it's fat phobic and this and that phobic. Mm -hmm. And then they watched it and it was like, dude's telling the truth, man. And and I just think I think this is coming to an end. I hope we, I hope it's not too painful, because a lot of times transitions like this are painful uh, in history. What do you think about what do you think about the other guy that did the other song that came out and told the about the small and, yeah small town was it? I think they're two. I think they're two. No, they're two totally different things. Okay, Jason all. You know, I mean, they're the same kind of the same, but right. Jason yeah. Aldean is a corporate musician. He's he's part yep. of the game. So he put one out that was like crowd tested and, you know, focus grouped and everything. And it's a decent song. But Oliver Anthony's breaking inside. That's coming right from his heart and his experience in his life. Well, a and, lot of people were saying that, that Jason got Aldean. A lot of people were saying that that was Jason Aldean until Jason Aldean was like, I don't, I don't want to be used politically by the left or the right for what I'm singing about. What I'm singing about is for y'all. I don't want people to use me for right. for this. And and I mean, I can see I mean, I wish I wish that it was like that. But that's where people are politically. If they if they hear something that you can use for yourself, they're going to jump on it. They're going to see, that's what we like Kanye. <laughs> Like, you know, well, and I think, you know, they wouldn't use Kanye like a flag. Look, look who we got on our side now. Wait a minute. He's not going to vote. What? What do you mean he's not going to vote? See, that's so I, look, I listen to that song. It gets an emotional reaction from me every time. Mm -hmm. I just I listen yeah. to this and it's like, this is uniparty. He's, he's saying what it is. This right. is all of them. 
you know, there's See, a few, I, few holdouts, but I hope all the stuff that's happening in the culture, you know, results in a great awakening where Republicans and Democrats, normal citizens, we call them the normies or even people that follow politics like us realize the entire ruling class in Washington is making your life worse for their own enrichment, either for power or for money. And that's really the message of rich man north of Richmond. It is we are living in an aristocracy. It's no it's really no different than back, you know, when you had English, you know, kings and queens different and clothes, vassals and yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, the rich yeah. and the poor. And they try to get us to fight each other. You know, like my, my guys on, on our website, we're doing a deep dive into student loans uh, this week. And it's a prime example because right now the right and the left is figuring out like, oh, let's fight over who pays the bill, right? Oh, they should be forgiven or not. But the point is, Republicans got rich from all the finance companies when they passed all this bullshit laws and said you couldn't default or bankrupt, do bankruptcy on loans. And now the left is getting rich on from the colleges teaching classes or campaign contributions. So both the right and the left political establishment are getting rich from student loans. Meanwhile, our neighbors and I, instead of saying, let's hold the finance companies, the politicians and the schools responsible, we're fighting over should the government pay for the loan or not? No, no, no. How did we get here? Let's hold the people that screwed this up accountable and not let them skate. Hey, if they took, if somebody took a loan out, hold it on them. <clears throat> All right, but what I'm saying is we should hold the pol the politicians who set that up so that those people could be taken advantage of. Like those are the ones we let's change those rules. Let's hold them accountable. I don't well, know. I, yeah. Well, I, I you know, I say I say let's hold up these politicians accountable for a whole lot of shit. Um, right. But let's get our kids a little less dumb. I mean, to take out a, a multi. <laughs> hundred thousand dollar loan and then you go to school for cultural studies you got to pay every penny that no money. no no here's what i'm saying though hutch the republicans set up the system to allow that kid to get that loan right no i agree with you but that kid didn't have to be stupid and take that loan the kid didn't have to be stupid but if the politicians weren't getting their palms greased from these finance companies they wouldn't even be able to they would go in and say I want to get a loan for school. And they'd say, what are you going to study? I'm going to study gender study. And I want 200,000 And the bank would freaking laugh at him and I'll say, get what, out of my bank. My son went to school and he got his own loan. He went on a football, partial football scholarship. And mm -hmm. about two years into his loan, the government, Obama took it over. Right. right? Exactly. Obama took government it over, took, yeah. I got a letter in the mail and it said, Fannie Mae is now in charge of this loan. Yep. I, mean, I was going to ask you that. I was like, the banks aren't in charge of this stuff anymore. No, Fannie Mae is a public company <laughs> that was founded by freaking Barney Frank. Right. <laughs> Fannie Mae is uh, not the government. It's just like the Federal Reserve is not the government. Fannie Mae. <laughs> I remember. I, look, I, I mean, I remember working in Virginia. Um, again, I remember working in Virginia. Uh, Reston. 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 No, it's not Reston. It's. It's their first place. And I remember driving by Fanny, Fanny, uh, Fanny Mae, Freddie, Freddie Mac, Freddie Mac, Freddie Mac and Fanny Mae are both the same thing. Yeah, sort of. Much. Yeah. They're, they're, they're both the same thing, but they say that they're not the government, but the government is always in there. The government is always, you know, 
somehow attached to him and whatnot. But um, yeah, they 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 got their hand they got their hands on they got their hands on a, a lot of stuff. Um, well, and it's really <laughs> it's very similar to the Federal Reserve if you dig into it. It's a private corporation that was established by the federal government, but it's and they get special rules and privileges or whatnot. But they get a lot, yeah. They get a lot, yeah. just like the Federal Reserve. You look at your thing, you know, that's a every dollar bill in your pocket <laughs> issued by the Federal Reserve, and people think, oh, that's the government. No, 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 that's a company. No, it's not. That's right. a business. Yeah. yeah. When I found when I when I found out that they weren't, uh, well, there was a documentary out um uh, called uh my son, my son was gonna watch it. Um Whatever. Uh, uh, I was going to say Poltergeist. That's a new Poltergeist movie coming out. Um, Zygeist. It was called Zygeist. And, uh, they oh, were that's a good movie. Yeah, they were explaining. And they break down They break down things like, you know how when Hutch says, you know how much a trillion is? It's a hundred billion thousand billions and stuff. They break down everything about that dollar bill they break down everything about who's old who i mean and 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 all that stuff and what they real i mean but that's when i found out that the federal reserve uh it was signed into existence when congress went on break in <laughs> december they went on break in december for christmas break and and the president they they put it on the president's desk he signed it and then a couple months later or whatnot, he said he wished he never did it. He wished he never well, did it. And they signed that shortly after all the members of Congress who were vehemently opposed to it were on the Titanic's maiden voyage. One of the, one of the um, richest men in the world was on there. Yeah. The one, I, I mean, mean, if you're a conspiracy theory, the we're off the one. other platform Right, right, now. right, 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 right. But it's right, like, right. It's like right. literally... All the people who are in Congress who were opposing the Federal Reserve, which is a private company people are getting rich off of. And it's it's terrible. It's it's going to eventually destroy the country. Uh, but all the people that opposed it, they all got free tickets to the Titanic for its maiden voyage. And ironically, the Titanic sank. Fact check me. True story. Uh, the richest in the world, uh, Titanic. I, I know he was against it. And he was on the Titanic. Um, members of the richest families were scheduled to be on it. And they didn't go. Weird. And they were the ones behind the... Uh, his name was John Jacob Astor IV. He was one of the wealthiest... Uh, he, he was the richest person on the Titanic. He died at 47, had a net worth of 87 million, which is an equivalent to 2.2 billion in 2017. Uh, but again, the billionaires who were supposed to, who who were supposed to have gone, like from the Rockefellers and stuff, they decided that they weren't going to go on the trip. And think about it. That's the first yeah, I've ever heard of that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> big old ship. Indestructible ship. Wee little sink. You know, <laughs> it's like that. There was a video. Did I did I show that video one time on the show? It's like 
how long it took to, I mean, and how it broke to, yeah, man, that, that, that was weird to see that go down. Like isn't it, isn't it weird how the government keeps people away from it now? Yeah. You right. go down in the submarine and your submarine breaks. Just right. like that. Don't it? Don't it? You know, and it's funny because my approach to conspiracy theories, like I try not to extrapolate. Like, cause that's where you get in trouble. But you where, extrapolate, no, you do extrapolate. I do, but but what I'm saying is when you take a unique fact, like the Federal Reserve was stopped in Congress two years. Congressional records confirm it. Right. Prior to that, then the dudes who opposed it, so like today's Matt Gates and Byron Donalds, all got tickets to the Titanic and it sinks. And then the next year it passes in a weird session of Congress. Well, no, conclusions. I, I'm sure it's a coincidence. And think about it. It did not do Congress. Just a piece right. of paper that went on the president's desk. Yep. <laughs> right. Congress, look, they were like, is the last one gone? Wait, wait, the lights off. Lights off. Take get it to the president. Yep, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Slip it under the door. <laughs> yeah. And think of how, I, I mean, ultimately when our financial situation crashes, because fiat currencies, no fiat currency has lasted as long as ours has in the history of mankind. And uh, many countries have tried it. But, we and, that, and, that's, and that's when we had oil. That's why it lasted that long. <laughs> right. We got nothing oh. now. Well, look, look we, we, we don't have nothing. And he just promised more. Did y'all see that? He just promised more. I'll tell you what he did. Two, he did two things the last week that are going to hit us at some point. One, he stopped all oil exploration in Alaska. And the second thing is he banned liquid natural gas from transportation on trains, which leaves only trucks. And the biggest trucking company went belly up two weeks ago, yellow freight. Oh, yep. Oh. And Saudi Arabia, of course, just announced they're cutting all their oil production. Yep. Oh, it's on. And we're Russia, gonna, we're gonna feel some pain. And Russia is discounting their oil to um, to China. Yep. And he I got thought, bricks. Giddy I up. thought. I thought Russia's economy was supposed to be done by now. You remember? Yeah, remember all those kicking. sanctions? I saw a documentary. A guy went going through Russian grocery stores. Man, we wish we had that economy. Right. <laughs> I, got I, know last night, I showed you guys pictures right. last night for my Sunday dinner. It was steak night right. at, at right. Peepaw's house. It looked right? good, too. It looked those, amazing. Steaks, those steaks, and they were the cheapest ones there, were $15 a pound. I, I bet. There was I steak bet. up there that was $25 a pound. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. what's ultimately going to turn things, I think, when people they just get sick of, oh, they were you know. They were Idea. You go they to the nice grocery cut. store and one cart of groceries is $400. People are going to be like, okay, something broke. <laughs> something just isn't working here. Like, I don't know what it is. When, you, when, just when, isn't you start, working. when you start tapping out the freaking EBT card, there's going to be an emergency. Right. Look, somebody, somebody said, a couple of months ago, I mean, last month, I looked at the cart and I got the same thing that I got last month. And it was my, my, my bill was $150 last month and it's $300 this month. It's the same thing in the same cart. I was like, well, that, I mean, that, but the way that this happened to us, it, it came out of nowhere. The, the media didn't report it, report it. We were talking amongst ourselves. Did groceries just go up? 
<laughs> yeah, I, did your grocery bill just go up? Yeah, my. Did your gas go up too? <laughs> when you were at the store, did you guys do what I do? When you're at the store, it's like, oh hell no! Put it right. I talk myself out of more stuff. I end up at the I mean, thing. Yeah. I, ain't got not, I ain't got nothing in my cart. You're right. Yep. The put back. Yep. Look, I got look. I got like the seventeen dollars for seventeen dollars for some peanut butter. Not today. Look, Jen and I, I got, make sure we eat before we go, so you're not hungry. You aren't doing right, any right, any impulse right. grab, and then we make right. a grocery list, and we're like, we're just getting what's on the list. That's all we need. And it's like makes like it's boring, like you get to aisle thirteen, you start looking in your cart. You're like, you know, I don't, I don't need that. Right. I don't need be putting that. stuff back in the wrong place and whatnot. And yeah, 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 yeah. They'll get it. They'll get it. I, <laughs> I'm, creating, I'm creating jobs. <laughs> we gotta go, ladies and gentlemen. We we back the bar. We uh we got um Center Tuberville coming on Thursday. 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 Center Center Tuberville is be will be here on Thursday. So. Look for, I mean, he, you know, he's going to get on here and, you know, that big, big southern voice is going to be just talking to us. But we want to thank Congressman Donald for um, joining us today. Make sure that you share this show wherever you are. I am going to replay the show tonight I'm, because we said a whole lot of stuff y'all need to hear. So I, I promise apologize that we- for that, by the way. Man, I love you. I don't, Wayne I don't, leaves I don't us know. unattended for five minutes. I just, it just started going. You know, it just, <laughs> Look, I was like, wait a minute. He's going to the edge. He's going to the God darn it. He went over to God darn it. And after I went over the edge, I looked. Oh, he's got two messages for me up there. Let me see what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Hutch is absolutely right. No, 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 we no, are no, living right. in historical right. times where they just keep trying to. They want to take your guns. They want to make you do stuff you don't want to do. And here's the critical thing. They're running out of time. They're scared. They are scared. And when somebody like that is scared, they are the most dangerous they can be. Absolutely. We're waking up. We're already in an awakening and they know it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why, that's why, um, that's why I'm just going to, we do a little editing and then go ahead and about a couple of things. A little bit later, because again, we need to be heard on all these platforms. And um, Rumble now at Rumble, I'm Rumble staying the same. They're gold. Um, yeah, Rumble and Pill.net and um, Getter. Y'all, y'all are fine. Uh, y'all got everything straight out the horse's mouth. So that's so that's the way we're gonna go. Um, Jason, last thoughts. Uh, folks, Congress, like they said, they're back in session tomorrow and a lot of stuff going to be going on, but pay attention to the budget stuff. That's going to be big. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Many buses, right? Yeah. I, I never heard that before either. Yeah. Me neither. Me neither. No man. buses. We need the no buses shirt. Yeah. Let's get, let's get down to business. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, the media is horrible because I did not know that that many appropriations had passed already. That was, I didn't know that. I, I didn't think any passed. They just passed out of committee. Exactly. And so that, that don't I mean, mean don't mean shit. Exactly. And right. And when he said that, right. I was like, okay, I, I don't want to steal his bubble or anything, but they ain't going they're not going he, anywhere. But now that I think about it, he did say the reason he said it, he said it's historic. Because right. they haven't done that even for 15 No, they years. haven't done that before. Right. 
but and and Hutch knows, but just for the audience, they they go to committee, they scrub it, they send the budget out, but then it hits the house floor, and that's what needs to pass. And they have twelve bills they need to pass. They could have passed six of them already. You don't need to pass all twelve. And then there's an there's an additional step where they have reconciliation between the house and senate. House and senate, right? right. But usually the house looks at whatever they send and then they sit on it for a while. And McConnell's good for that. That's what he did when Trump was in office. So, you know, that's that's where that is. Hutch, last thoughts. Hey, we'll see. You. I'll be back Wednesday. I gotta go to the VA tomorrow, but I'll be back Wednesday and keeping up with the great interviews. I uh should have watched my mouth a little earlier. <laughs> <laughs> see you later, people. <laughs>